roll. Yeah. He's saying the place we should go is Ike's. Ike's? Ike's. I've never been to Ike's. Ike's is a burger spot. They used to have Pabst Blue Ribbon. Close to Wofford. I said, got ya. He said, I bet Pachico likes Pabst Blue, Blue Ribbon. I said, he might, but I probably like it more than Cheeks does. I actually like PBR Light. Really? Yeah. There's a bar in Savannah. I don't even think they make it anymore. But I've never had it. There's a bar in Savannah that has uh, PBR on draft in cans and in bottles and that's mm. the only beer you can get at the really at the bar that's interesting and they have like they, they, somebody told me that they sell more PBR than any other bar in you know, the, the south or the south well, of course because you can't get anything else <laughs> yeah, I mean, but there were a lot of people there the one time I was there so so that's pretty much kind of like a a beer socialist like if Bernie's a democratic socialist that's like a, <laughs> That's like a beer socialist thing, right? Because you can only get, you can only get, you know, you gotta get in line for whatever bread they got. Right, but it's Savannah, so you can yeah. just go next door you where there's another door. bar yeah. and they've yeah. got something else. Yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah, beer socialism. I like that. That's a good term. Can we integrate that into the broadcast tonight? Oh, I think so. We can make it work. <laughs> what episode is this? This is episode twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Season three, episode Season three, episode twenty-seven. Had a good. Uh, Good response last week with our buddy Tony Rizzuti. So that was fun. That was a good... And, and you know what? I think it was educational for you. I don't know that you... It, it, it didn't necessarily change many your mind at all, but I think it gave you an insight into um, NASCAR and the business of NASCAR. And, and Well, I think actually what I learned more about was motor sports. Because whereas NASCAR might yeah. to some degree be cratering in their reasons that Tony talks about, it seems like Formula One is thriving. Yeah. Yeah. And I found that very interesting. And we, we encourage fans, you don't only have to listen to the most recent edition of the Bearded Carcass. Yes. They're all archived on SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher. Stitcher. So you, yeah. you can go back and listen. You, you suggested that maybe at some point in the very near future, maybe today or maybe next week, we kind of talk about our favorite sights and sounds of where we've traveled yeah. with Winthrop this year, but you know, people could email us their favorite right. editions of the car cast. So and now we, you had settled on a, well, not settled, but you had, uh, we kind of locked in on one place here in Spartanburg, but the uh, Garden Web SID Mark Rabb has been giving you multiple suggestions to where to go in Spartanburg. Yeah, so we're on the way to Winthrop and USC Upstate, and we, um, you and I had discussed what we were going to do and where we were going to stop. and. I don't know Spartanburg particularly well. Yeah. It's not somewhere I've spent a ton of time. But Sparkle I, City. Sparkle City. And, it, and it's pretty convenient. It's only maybe an hour and 15 minutes or I've so. I've only been there for basketball and Panthers training camp. And not necessarily in that order. I think that's the only times I've been there too. But I've been to Greenville many times. It's not far no. from Greenville. But... Uh, I, I had found kind of a drive-in burger place that's been around for half a century that I thought would be a had good... A, had a real iconic sign. Yeah. It had, like, the old drive-in roof. Yeah, I yeah. thought it would be a good... Yeah, it was kind of right up our alley, to be honest with you. Right. And then uh, Mark, who lives uh, not far from there and whose wife works at Wofford, sent a suggestion that we go to some restaurant. 
but it doesn't open until four o'clock, and I'm like, well, I mean, the game's at six. Yeah. Like that, that's not going to work for those of us that like to be at the gym, you know, at yeah. eight a.m. Um, so then he had another suggestion: a burger place, kind of close to Wofford's campus. And I'm like, okay, well, is it better than the one I had found and we had discussed? And uh, the answer was he hadn't been there. He had heard good things. But then he checked with a colleague, <laughs> friend of his, who seems as though he has the frame of someone who's eaten a lot of burgers yeah. over the years. And the answer came back that the place Mark liked was very good. And the place that you and I were talking about going is okay or so-so or fine. Yeah. So... We'll go to Mark's suggestion, and if it stinks, we'll rip him endlessly for the next year on the CarCast. All right, so breaking news. Our Big South officiating crew tonight, Jerry Heater, Mark Schnur, and Nick Heater. Wow. I don't know that I've seen those two referee a game together before. Well, the only time I've ever seen a father-son referee a game is when I saw... Bill Covington Sr. and Bill Covington Jr. Mm. do a game, and I think it was a Division II game with only two referees, but uh, that's actually a really good crew for Winthrop and USC Upstate on yeah, Thursday night. Absolutely. That, that I mean, Jerry and Mark Schnur have been doing games, and games have some merit and meaning for, for a long time. Right. Nick's a, a young up-and-comer, so good. Winthrop's been fouling too much. Lately, so the referees uh, make and, some difference. And defense has been somewhat of Winthrop's issue as of late. In there. Yeah, well, they've lost three out of four, but, um, you know, there's plenty of time to turn things around. In a one-bid league like the Big South, what you do all year matters to only a certain degree. What you do next week in the conference right. tournament right. is kind of what you're assessed on. And, yeah, Winthrop's lost three out of four, but... They're in great shape. They're in second place. They have, you know, 10 wins in league play for a seventh consecutive yeah. season. They've got 19 wins overall. And, you know, I think they'll get either tonight or Saturday against High Point, maybe both. And even if you lose them both, what you do next week is what you're really graded on. So there's there's time to figure it out. I mean, around Christmas time, Winthrop was not defending the three-point line well. And Coach Kelsey and his staff spent a significant amount of time trying to figure it out and watching video, and they did a great job. And throughout the conference season, Winthrop has been great against the three. Well, the last three, four, five games, they've struggled defending the two, and I'm yeah. interested to see tonight what the answer is. The adjustment is. is. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's, I think it's going to be on-ball defending. I mean, and that's going to be kind of squarely on Mike Anumba who's Winthrop's best on-ball defender, but he's going to need help. He can't just be, you know, one guy. Right. I mean, that sounds really good, but how do you just get better on-ball defending? I mean, to a degree, that's athleticism. Right. And now, you know, in a pack line, you should have help, help and yeah. you should be flooding people to the spots on the floor that you have that help. But to a degree, you have to stay between your man and the ball yeah. and not let a guy get by you. Yeah, I mean, some of it's technique, but a lot of it's athleticism. You'll also wonder, depending on the opponent you're playing, whether there sure. sometimes is an option of guarding the three less fiercely and playing the drive. But that's scouting report. That's the old right. KYP know your personnel. Like, right. 
a guy that's a 40% three-point shooter but doesn't like to deck it, you want to crowd him and make him drive. A guy that's a 30% three-point shooter, right. if you go under ball screens and he shoots the three, you know, you got to live with that. This is the Bearded Car Cast, and we generally record this when we're on the road going to a winter basketball game. That is the case tonight. We're going to the upstate of South Carolina. I kind of the fringe of the upstate. But we're going to Upstate in Spartanburg, USC Upstate, the Spartans. And uh, we're also working on uh, what restaurant we're going to go to. And we're also working on what cultural event we like to go to because we like to do some cultural things as well. Do we agree on the Spartanburg Regional Museum of History? I think so. Okay, good. I it seemed like the most yes. vast of the, yeah. the options. Now, we, we probably, the, the best thing maybe to do in that area is the BMW plant and they do tours but we checked in with them late last week and they were sold out for yeah. today and we'll be back in Spartanburg so we'll get to that at some did point did you see the, the one I stumbled upon last night it was way too late for us to, to try and do anything but Freightliner I did see that we could have gotten a Freightliner maybe, we'll have to, maybe that's, so that's now another we got, future we got two more yeah we got two more things well I mean and the, the thing about that area is yeah we go to USC Upstate but what are the chances next year yeah, we're going to play at Wofford or at Furman or yeah. or even something on the way? You go through that area to get to Atlanta. So places, if you play, yeah. you know, Georgia Tech or something like yeah. that, like, like we get. Well, this I think if we go to Georgia, if we go to Atlanta, we're going to find something in Atlanta better than the freight line. Well, close. Wow. Close. It'll be close. This from the same person that has been talking about for weeks how much he liked the Lineman Museum oh. in Shelby, North Carolina. That was. Per, if you if you uh, if you rated a museum based on the number of artifacts and not just the number of artifacts, but they had like six of everything. Yes, that's true. And they were different colors. I mean, it wasn't like the same exact thing, but it was uh, it was very detailed. Yeah, I thought it was very good. I thought it was very good. And then the Chester Transportation Museum. Yeah. Very good with our buddy Bob. Yeah, I mean. We were at the Chester Transportation Museum a week ago Saturday. So that's about 10, 12 days ago. Yeah. How many people do you think have dropped into that <laughs> museum since then? On account of us? Or just in general? Just, just period. Like, period. We, we were there on a Saturday morning. Now, 10 days later... And Bob was waiting for us, too. He, he was happy He opened the door as soon as we pulled in the parking lot. That's true. How many people, a legitimate question, yeah. how many people do you think have been there in the 10 days since we left? I'd say between 10 or 15. I'm going way under. Like, But I'm, I'm, going, I'm, I'm counting on the fact that maybe a school group stopped by. Well, that's possible. That's possible. But, but without that, it's probably less than 10. Not a lot of traffic. And you have to, I mean, it's, first of all, Chester's not exactly uh, on Broadway. Uh, itself, so I mean, you have to be in Chester, and then you have, and this is not like in downtown Chester. I mean, it's maybe two blocks, three blocks from downtown, but I mean, you have to be going there to go there. You don't just stumble upon it. And their hours were like nine thirty a.m. to one fifteen yeah. Monday, Wednesdays, right. and alternate Saturdays. But the one thing that was interesting was, you know, a lot of times you see depots, but this was actually like a freight terminal. Uh, an old freight terminal was built in the late 1800s, so they would kind of, I mean, basically cotton was king back then, so you're, they were either receiving or shipping, and a lot of times it was shipping it out, and goods would come in, and there's just so many, uh, so many neat little details about that place. 
And Bob was certainly a character, too. I mean, he had the story down on every single artifact and then some. I mean, it was great. And the license plate thing was cool. They, they, Mike, it's like looking at one of our spotting boards. Yeah. You know Winthrop basketball more than you would like to know Winthrop basketball by looking at the way we prepare for games. And Bob knew that Chester Museum. It, it's a lot like us. If one person is listening or a hundred yeah. people or a thousand people, they're getting the full experience. Yeah. And Bob doesn't care if one person walks in that museum or five or a hundred. By God, if you spend your, what did we pay? Five dollars a piece? Yeah. If you spend your $5 a piece to get in there, you will learn everything. Now, I may have made a mistake when he said, are you guys good on time? And I said, yeah, we, we've got plenty of time. That, that, that might not have been the optimal answer. Yeah, because I think it went from just briefly describing things to <laughs> multiplying detail by 10. But it was good. It was it was fun. It, you know, it really is uh, a taste of Americana because, I mean, they had vehicles from the like the 20s. They had that school bus that was actually built in Rock Hill that was built on a, a Ford frame from like 1920. Right, and the way my car situation is going, <laughs> you I, I started the year owning three cars. Yeah. You, I believe, have driven in all three of them. Correct. I had the one out yeah. in California. Now, does that put the, me on an exclusive list? Yeah, well, yeah absolutely. A, a very exclusive list. A short list, list. yeah. yeah. Uh, I had three at the start of the year. I currently have two. Yeah, but you're but really I think, one and a half, right? I think come Saturday or Sunday, I'm going to be down to one. Whoa, okay. So, the silver car is so, on the way out? Well, the silver car uh, is no longer in my possession, uh -oh. though it hasn't been sold yet. But okay. it, I, I, I think Friday, I think tomorrow. It's a trade-in deal? Are you going to trade it up? Or, well, or does somebody actually want to buy that thing? No, someone's going to buy it. I've got a guy. A car guy. Dave's got a guy for everything. Well, awesome. I believe... I, I don't trust, like, the internet. <laughs> like, if I want a plumber, yeah. I will call you and say, you've lived in Charlotte for right. 20 years. Have you ever had a good experience with a plumber? Yeah. And you may say, yeah, we really haven't had anything we needed. And then I'll call somebody else yeah. and say, hey, I, I need a plumber. And you go... Eventually, you find someone, and I, I've got a neighbor that lives right across the street who's lived in Charlotte for 50 years and kind of knows everyone, and like he's a really good resource I for bet. things like this. But um, I've got a car guy, and I've had this car guy basically for a, well over a decade, and he answers every car question. And a lot of others, as in, I've asked him for a plumber yeah. too. He just kind of knows things and yeah. people so I've had some car problems and he's always dealt with my car problems and probably three weeks ago I was like alright here's the deal I have a car in California that got totaled yeah. this is this is one of those this crazy is, deals crazy. right like my dad maybe it was my mom bought a new car right? and they're like do you want this older car and I'm like yeah, that car would be perfect because I'm in the old car collection department. Yes, you are. I've never had Dave doesn't a, like a brand new car. A really new car. I just it's not where I'm gonna spend my money. Right. This is why Tony and I were so funny on the podcast, because Tony loves cars and knows yeah. everything about them. And I just wanna get from point A to point B. I don't wanna break the budget. Yeah. Like I'm a very like give me a Honda, give me a Toyota. I know the gas mileage yeah, yeah. is good. Yeah. Very realistic car person. So my parents were flipping over cars, and they're like, do you want this car? I'm like, yeah, absolutely, that'd be great. 
and uh, I just bought it from my parents maybe six, 12 months ago. Yeah. And they use it every now and again because a car really shouldn't sit idle right. for long periods of time. So they drove it to dinner a week or two ago and got rear-ended oh, and then the car geez. got totaled. Did they go to Avatar? Um, they were not going to Avatar, though they may have ended up there because they had to cancel their plans yeah. and that would be one of their go-to spots. One, one of the real highlights to me of this season traveling with Winthrop that you got to enjoy my parents' favorite restaurant, Avatar yeah. in Sausalito. Yeah, and got to um, spend some time with your parents. Yeah, that's fun. So, so the car got total. So, the insurance company sent me a check because yeah. now I no longer own this car. Now, I was planning on driving the car from California back to Charlotte right. when I visit my parents for my mom's birthday in April. At the end of the trip, I was going to drive the car back cross-country and get rid of the old Honda that I've had since... 2005 yeah. and is starting to have some issues. Meanwhile, our third car, the Toyota, the, the newest of the group, the one in the best shape of the group, also has a few issues. These are mainly cosmetic right. issues, yeah. but, but still issues nonetheless. Issues nonetheless yeah. So Nicole and I were debating how we were going to deal with these variety of car problems. And I said, we're not trained to make decisions and figure all of this out let's just call Mike yeah. so we called Mike and Mike the car guy not, Mike the car guy yeah. and, and Mike the car guy more or less is like okay well what do you want me to do and we're like we want you to do everything I want I want to do nothing I want you to sell one car and buy another car and fix the car and just charge me a percentage off the top yeah. to conduct this entire yeah. transaction and he is just the best, easiest going guy. So he sent a tow truck and collected yeah. one car. And yesterday I dropped off the uh, pink slip. That's what we call it in California. What, it's what a do they call it? The, ti the, yeah. the title for the car that he's going to get rid of. But like, this is someone I've had a relationship right. with for over a decade. And I'm like, so you, you're going to be able to sell this car. So he's going to call you up and say, I got your car, and you're just going to show up and pick it up. Like, yeah, I mean, he, he told Nicole and I. Now, now, if there's criteria, like, yeah, if okay. there's criteria, if you are only interested in one brand of car, fine. If you're looking for a certain color of car, fine. If you want a manual transmission, fine. Just tell me exactly what you want. And now this is a car guy. So Nicole said, well, what about this type of car? What about that type of car? One of the type of cars that came up was we need a small car to fit in our fit garage because the, yeah. the garage is really yes. small. Yep. So Nicole said, what about one of those minis? Oh, yeah. And Mike said, they're junk. Oh, well, how would I know that? You wouldn't know that. I would have no idea. In fact, what when we were talking about cars a month ago, that was one we suggested that you should probably look at. Right. Because isn't a Mini made by BMW? I think they have some sort of relationship yeah. with BMW. I, I have no yeah. idea. We asked him about four or five different cars. He's like, yeah, I mean, this guy owns three shops. Yeah. He knows what cars yeah. he sees that have problems yeah. and, and what, what don't. don't. Yeah. He also has about eight children. I'm not exaggerating. And knows what to get them and what not yeah. to get them. And what... So, and in terms of selling a car, I, this Honda, we, we've known we need to get rid of this car at some point in the last yeah. six months or so. And we called him and I'm like, you know, we, we talked about this before basketball season about what we would do with this car and how we would go about it 
he he's just like I mean the time to sell a car is within a month of April 15th that's when people are having money stuff go on and there are people that suddenly are flush with money wow. so that they can buy a car and there are people that are going oh my god I can't pay my taxes I need to sell my car and buy something less wow. expensive and he's like I think you can get what we're talking about a car that's worth like $1,500 yeah. $2,000 it's right. not worth a whole lot he's like I think you can probably get 25% more than you would the other 10 months of the year wow. if you sell this car within a month of April 15th wow but great so I, get, I took that title over to Kim yesterday and I'm like, so you don't think it's going to be a problem? And he's like, no, there's a woman that I've known for years, an older woman whose uh, sister that she cares for yeah. and she has a problem with her car and she needs a new car and she needs something that's dependable. And this is a car that I've been the only one that's worked on this car for more than a decade. So yeah. I know everything going on yeah. with the car. And he's like, I'm pretty sure that I can sell it to her and she'll be happy and you'll be happy. And well, I'll live happily after. Oh. And, and, and like, he gets several things out of it, right? He he knows that I'm going to go for him for any sure. car need. Yeah. And I'm happy to pay him whatever he wants off the top. Because if I just listed this car on Craigslist, I'd have to deal with people. I have no idea One, how... you have to deal with people. No idea, like, whether I'm going to get a fair yeah. price or not a fair price or what it's actually worth. Right. Like, I, I, I was walking my dog yesterday, and, and I was in a little cul-de-sac, and... One of our neighbors, who I don't know really well, sold her house. Oh. And she sold her house without a real estate agent, oh. a, a for sale by owner yeah. type listing. And she uh, she said she didn't want to pay the extra fees, which is completely understandable. Right. You're going to pay, you know, kind of 3% on both right, ends right, right, to, right. to buy and sell a house. So you're saving a lot of money, which is great. And she's like, yeah, I had several offers right away. And, um, you know, I, 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 we agreed to something and blah, blah, blah. And I walked back and told Nicole, I'm like, oh, such and such neighbor is, is selling their house. And, you know, she got offers right away and she got, she got, you know, what she was asking for. And I'm like, doesn't that mean that she wasn't asking for enough? If you, Possibly, If yeah. you suddenly put your house up for right. grabs and immediately more than one person offers you full asking price, wouldn't that indicate that you're not asking enough? That and you're also in a desirable area. Definitely in a desirable area, and the economy is, is good in that area. But, like, if I put my lousy old Honda for sale and I said I wanted $1,250 for it, yeah. and now someone comes and says, okay, here's $1,250, right. like, I mean, I guess I can go, well, I actually want. $1,500 for it. But I don't actually know what the car is worth. Mike knows what cars yeah, are worth. He's got it. He's dialed in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and like, I, I think that's that. That's why we oftentimes go to restaurants that friends recommend. Right. Because looking on the internet is one thing, and we find a lot of good places, yeah. but it's it's better to have that personal relationship unless it's John Mita Perel making the <laughs> recommendation. <laughs> yeah. Meet got a demerit for the place we went to in Boston. I, I like Meat a great deal. I like watching him on TV and I like talking to him and all of that. But his restaurant picking as we yes. continue along. Well, I thought it was okay. You didn't. You really didn't like it. I mean, it's one of the 10 worst restaurants I've been to in the last decade. <laughs> it was horrible. But that being said. You also probably didn't get their best uh, shot on the menu. Like, no, I, you, definitely you, not. You don't go for, that's definitely not the place not. you go to Boston for fish. No, no, no. It, 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 
it didn't work out well. No. Now the trip worked out great. Trip I enjoyed great. seeing meat. I enjoyed yeah. seeing Boston College and Wake, uh, Forest. Wake Forest. We had a great day the next day in Hartford when we went to ESPN and yep. we ate at that fun little um, the di- what do you call the it a diner, diner yeah. yeah restaurant that was good. Then Winthrop beat Hartford and we drove back to Boston and we listened to Monday Night Football. We had that good pizza yep. on the way back. Like I, I really enjoyed the trip. Hartford coach was fun to talk to, too. Oh, my goodness. He was, was he ever. We yeah. would have had a good time if we were staying there. Yeah, a lot of personality. A lot of personality. Yeah, and they've had an okay year. Yeah. ESPN was good. We went to ESPN, checked that out. That was fun. Yeah, it, it, it was a fun trip. And then San Francisco. I mean, that was amazing. The city by the bay. The city by the bay. You know, yesterday, you and I were uh, filming our preview for today's Winthrop USC Upstate yeah. game. And... As I was waiting for you to get to the Coliseum, I was in the media room where we film our previews, and one of my students was oh, yeah. there. Right. You know, I, I teach in the fall at Winthrop, and one of my students happened to be there, and she's a senior at Winthrop, and she plays on the soccer team, but the soccer season's over. Right. And she was talking about doing some travel before she graduates and after she graduates and before she gets a job, and was talking about traveling to California and I think she was flying with her family or this was the tentative plan was to fly to San Jose and then drive south and they were going to stop in uh, the Monterey area which is wonderful Pebble Beach and Carmel by the sea and I think they were going to stop not far from where we were in Fresno they were going to go to uh, Yosemite which is wonderful and, and travel along the the coast of California, and I'm not sure exactly how far they were going to go, but to me, when she said they were going to get to San Jose and go south, San Francisco, one of the world's great cities, is an hour north. If you've never been there before, I think you have to take the time if you're that close to go. Absolutely. It's a little bit like when Winthrop was playing at Hartford and they flew into Boston. I felt like it was... It was a duty for us to spend a little bit of time in Boston. Absolutely. And we chose Connie Forum. Well, (laughs) don't most people? (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. I spent a lot of time in Connie Forum as a young man. I'm surprised that those two teams, when we watched them play, I thought they were going to be awful. Yeah. And they turned out to be okay, so-so, not terrible. But that's kind of college basketball this year. Wednesday, which, barring unforeseen circumstances, will be on the way to Radford, Virginia, where the Big South Conference Tournament will begin on Thursday. Winthrop will play at 12 noon in the Big South Quarter Finals. But college basketball, two nights ago, Duke loses to Wake Forest. And this comes a week after Duke lost to NC State. This is the same NC State team that last night lost Lost to North Carolina. Carolina. And you look around the entire country, and even if you think there are some 
really good teams. There are certainly no great teams. And yes, Baylor and Kansas was a really, really yeah. good game on Saturday. Maybe those are the two best teams in the country. But the idea that those teams are going to race through the NCAA tournament, yeah. beat everyone by 15 points, it just doesn't seem all that likely. And I think there is a there is a thought process. There is a group think that says there's no Zion Williamson. Yeah. There's no monster team. It's a bad year for college basketball. I, I just don't really think that. Well, it's, it's the other. I, I think it's the other way, right? I mean, when you have so, more teams that have a chance, that, that piques everybody's interest. I mean, now uh, I guess maybe studies show that you, you still won't have that one or two super team because a lot of people that don't necessarily have a dog in the fight might just band band onto one of those teams. But you know, one of the things that's thrilling about college basketball is the you know is when Butler makes it to the Final Four or the championship game and. You know, this might be one of those years. So I was listening to Jay Billis on the Tony Kornheiser podcast yesterday. And essentially, Kornheiser asked him, what's wrong with college basketball? Yeah. And Billis said, I mean, it, there were a lot of answers. But the part that I really took great umbrage to uh -oh. was he said that when he was in college, it was expected that you would play for four years. When Michael Jordan was in college, he was criticized for leaving early after three years. And now, if a player plays one year, you feel lucky. And probably within the next several years, you're going to have guys going back from high school straight to the NBA. And by diluting the product like that, by not having the top-end talent, and by having players spread out so much where John ja Morant can be a top five pick playing at Murray State that the teams at the top don't have the depth that they once did and well the, how many more teams are there now in college basketball at that right. level than there were when he was playing but the thought that Billis had is that maybe it's not going to come to fruition but what ought to happen is that Duke and Presbyterian and North Carolina and Cal Baptist can't all be playing in the same division. The, the ideologies, the budgets, they're just too different. And what you need to do is trim down to whatever the magic number is, 100 or 120 or 150 schools that to some degree can function in the same world, that are more on the same plane. And while I appreciate that the way Villanova plays basketball and the way UCLA plays basketball is different than the way Bucknell plays basketball and different than the way Drake plays basketball, to me, Northern Iowa and Ali Farukmanesh, who we're still talking about a decade later, or Princeton beating UCLA in the 1996 NCAA tournament or Winthrop beating Notre Dame or Butler going to the Final Four or VCU going to the Final Four, that's what makes college basketball great. And somebody else said to me recently, dollars and cents are going to dictate at some point that they football playing schools are going to break away from the basketball playing schools because football makes a ton of money 
and the individual schools profit from that, but college basketball is where the NCAA makes their money, and at some point, the big boys are going to say, why is this governing body that we don't even like their rules and the way they go about things taking all of our money when we can create our own tournament and make that money ourselves? And my answer to that is, if that comes to fruition, I become a huge NBA fan. Because nobody's watching college basketball because it's the best basketball product in the world. If you want to watch the Greek Freak, and if you want to watch LeBron James, if you want to see the best of the best, watch the NBA. The reason to watch college basketball is a consumable 30-game season, the alma mater, the cheerleaders, the band, the atmosphere, and the beauty that is the NCAA tournament where magic actually takes place every year. To me, if we're just going to match up Duke and the biggest sleeper in the bracket is going to be Boise State, at that point, I might as well just watch Utah and Denver. And you're going to get behind Miami in the Final Four or, or Wake Forest in the Final Four. I mean, there's, I mean, because you would think technically they might be the little guys right. in the power, exactly. the power five. I don't think it, it doesn't have the same... I don't think it works. I also asked the question, what does that mean for Villanova and Gonzaga, who don't have football? Yeah. I mean, are those teams no longer... So those are going to be like the heavy hitters in the bracket that has Winthrop and East Tennessee State, but they're not going to play against UCLA and well, Kansas? And, but that also predisposes that there's no more alignment. Like, maybe they get gobbled up into a right. into a conference. Or maybe Villanova, who plays 1AA football, Bumped says, up, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll go up and play with the big boys. I just, it, I understand the money argument, and money rules the day, but I would think that ruining the NCAA tournament would... But think about think about the attention on social media, and back in the day, you'd, you'd go to a sports bar that had the, the, every single game on, and the little guys, you know, beating the big guy by 10 with a minute to go. I was talking to a friend last night about this, and we were talking about UMBC beating Virginia. Yeah. And I'm like, everybody remembers where they were. I remember where I was sitting in my house yeah. and when my wife was sleeping and I'm running upstairs going, you got to wake up yeah. to see this. This, is, this is historic. This is unbelievable. One of the best games I ever went to. <laughs> <laughs> you should go back in the Bearded Carcast archives and listen to how Mike was at the game, sort of. Sort of. I was um, at the game before that. Yeah, exactly. You, you thought that game was, was yeah. the JV game. That's right. Um, but my buddy was like, I was at a sports bar. I was watching the beginning of the game and I my, my friend lives in the same hometown he grew up in. Yeah. And he's like, a guy I've known for years walks in the bar six minutes into the game in a UMBC jersey. He played lacrosse at UMBC. They're in the NCAA yeah. tournament. He, of course, thinks they're going to lose by 30 points. But right. he's like, here I am. My team's yeah. in the tournament. In. And he got to watch this amazing upset with the guy he knew who had a tie to the school. All right, I'll give you – this is not a – Good example in the sense of it can't happen right now. Uh, I went to a Division II school, Merrimack College. We were when I was there. It was couple, first couple of years we were club football. Then we were Division Three independent. Then they disbanded the program. Division One hockey. When I got there, I mean it was Division One independent hockey. Then my sophomore year we joined Hockey East, which was you know, one of the big boy conferences in it hockey. It is the big boy yeah. conference. Um, you know, but when I moved here. Uh, everyone's like, oh, where'd you go to school? I said, oh, Merrimack College. And they looked at me like, you know, unless they were from New England, they were like, what? It was named after the boat? Like, you know, 
the ship. Uh, but now um, Merrimack has gone up to the Division One level. They're in the NEC. This is their first. And they're year. pretty good. They're pretty good. Now they can't. You know, they're in that probational probationary period, so they can't compete for the NCAA tournament. But right now they're they're the number one team in the NEC. Yeah. But now I'm excited because now you know. I mean, Absolutely. We have a chance to, you know, maybe not obviously in the next couple of years, but you know, there, there's hope that we can see them in the tournament. My wife's alma mater is the University of Minnesota at Duluth. Yeah. They play Division One sports in only one sport, hockey. Hockey. Yeah. Since we've known each other, my alma mater, Big Budget Syracuse, has won a whole bunch of nothing. They've gone to the Final Four. Once, maybe yeah. twice, but they haven't won anything. The football program is a disaster. I mean, it, it, it's a mess in a lot of ways. Her alma mater, since we've known each other just over a decade, they've won the national title in the only sport yeah. they played Division One sports twice. I mean, like, that's so cool. They also play Division Two or Division Three football. I think Division Two football. They've won that national title a couple of times, too. Like, that's the deal. Like, yeah. you went to a small school, and you can rally around that small school when they do something. And it's not Duke. You're not going to be there every year. But when you achieve something, yeah. that is the greatest thing. It, if you can't do that, if Winthrop can't play against Duke in the NCAA tournament, I mean... It's, it's it's not the same. Like, winning the NIT, going to the NIT would be fun. I've never I've never done an NIT game. We've never experienced that. I would enjoy doing it. But it wouldn't be the NCAA yeah. tournament. Well, and a detractor to what you're saying was to say, well, then, then go to North Carolina. Go to Duke. Go to, you know, go to UCLA. Right, but sometimes people go to schools for reasons beyond their athletic departments. What?! Do you mean they actually go for academics? Yesterday, I got a text message from a friend of mine who has a high school junior or senior who's a pretty good football player. Yeah. Not a great football yeah. player, but a pretty good. good football player. And he's being recruited by some very, very low-level schools. And he sent me a text and said, my son is getting interest from Presbyterian. What can you tell me about that situation. <laughs> this and, good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I said what you and I have talked about. It's supposed to be a very good academic yeah. school. The campus is sort of pretty. Yeah. The facilities need a lot of work. And the city is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But All fair. But that goes back to the plumber or mm. the car guy. You, you ask people what you know. But Presbyterian. If you went to Presbyterian, you can dream of beating the big boys. Right. In basketball. Because they've moved down to that uh, right. AAA but that's why non-scholarship I like, football. And that's why I love college basketball and I like college football. Because at the beginning of college football season, you can be a really good program like App State and know that if everything works out perfectly, you'll play. I mean, And I mean perfectly. You go 12-0 and all the chips fall, you'll play in a good bowl game, but not for the national title. Correct. And if things work out just slightly askew, you go 11-1, and one, yeah. now you're in the potato bowl or the right. camellia bowl yeah. or something. And if you have a good year by any measure, 9-3, literally nobody cares. If Winthrop has... A good year, 
They're in the conference tournament. They're a game or two away. There is a Tulsi Gabbard billboard. I have not seen one of those ever. Yep, that's the first she one. She is still running, yeah. but... Not on the debate stage. Not on the debate stage, and... Interesting spot. Where are we? We are in Blacksburg, South Carolina, on Interstate I-85. We're not too far. We're, we're, we're about 10, 15 minutes from the Peachoid. If you're looking for a Tulsi Gabbard sign, yeah. this is the spot to go. There might not be any others. The budget left in her campaign might be for that, that one, for that billboard. one sign, because yeah. the South Carolina primary is on Saturday. Well, we're at the Welcome Center, so I think we just crossed into, we're crossing into South Carolina here. So exit 102 for Blacksburg and Brock Hill. Winthrop right now is three games away from the NCAA tournament. If you win next Thursday, next Friday, and a week from Sunday, you're in the big in, dance. In the dance. And every Winthrop alum and every fan and community member in Rock Hill, if they so choose, can get on that bandwagon and can see the path. It's there. This is a team that already beat a ranked foe this year. It's a wide-open NCAA tournament. You can see it, and you can feel it, and you can understand it. College football, that doesn't exist. And if you get rid of the NCAA tournament the way we know it, it, it I really think you mess up the sport, maybe in a way that you're never going to come back from. I agree. I think the whole... I mean, obviously, if you went to a Power 5 school, you love your school, no doubt about that. But for those that didn't go, or even that just love the game of basketball, there's, there's value in having the little guy... With a chance, you know, the, the David to beat Goliath. If Merrimack goes to the Frozen Four, that is enormous. enormous. Well, we were the number two team in the country in hockey like five, six years ago. Didn't do well in the tournament, but you know there was that optimism that they they could do it, and that pride and that yeah. belief and that. My you, freshman year, they beat Northeastern in the first round of the uh, NCAA tournament, and then they advanced. They got they just barely got beat by Lake Superior State, which was a big powerhouse. In hockey, I mean, yeah. So we, I mean, and it's the same thing with basketball. Now that Merrimack is playing at the Division One level, you can imagine it. Yeah. Now, now they're not eligible right now, but a few years down the line, you can see the path to. Oh my God, Merrimack is playing Boston College in the NCAA tournament. Like that. That's that's why all these schools move up to Division yeah. One for that belief, for that hope. For that, I mean, I, I don't remember what the number was because it was a long time ago now. But there was some figure bandied about in the seven figures about how much it was worth when Winthrop beat Notre oh, yeah, Dame for yeah. for all of the exposure, articles that were yeah. written and all of the TV coverage, all that exposure. You can't do that without that yeah. mechanism. Exit 100, I-85, South Carolina. We are headed to Spartanburg, South Carolina, episode 27. Season 3 of the Bearded Car Cast with Dave Friedman. I am Mike Pacheco. You can get along. You can get along or you can even follow along. <laughs> Send us an email, beardedcarcast at outlook.com. On Twitter, follow us at beardedcarcast. And, of course, if you're listening on iTunes but you'd rather listen on Stitcher or SoundCloud or any of the others, that's how you get us. Now, Mike, let me ask you a question before we wrap it yeah. up. Have you tailgated awake recently? Oh, boy. I'm glad you mentioned that. So, 
first time ever tailgating awake. And you know, I grew up uh, in Boston, Irish Catholic family, uh, so I've seen a lot of things at wakes. Uh, and you know, there's the sad wake, which you know is obviously for 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 good reason. And then there's the wake where most of the wakes that I've been to, where you know the people that or the person that has passed away doesn't want you to be sad. They want everyone to have a good time, be happy, tell stories. Um, and so we took this to the next level on Sunday. Uh, one of my best friends, his mom passed away. She was like a second mom to all of us that we that we hung out in high school. And uh, so one of my buddies um, sends me a text as I'm driving to the funeral home for the wake and says, I got three bottles of Fireball and I got a 12-pack of Bud Light sitting on ice. All right. <laughs> so... So our rally point was we met at the, this place called Jimmy's, which is right next door. One of the so Arlington, where I grew up, was dry forever. Like you couldn't you couldn't even buy alcohol. Uh, and in fact, when I was a kid in Massachusetts, you couldn't buy alcohol on Sunday. The blue laws, but that's all changed now. Even our town, you can there's a you can buy beer, and the restaurants have served it for about ten or fifteen years. So we go to this place called Jimmy's, and we we met up so we'd all go in together at the, at the start. So of course, you know, we had a cocktail there. Uh, and then, I don't know, you know, we go through the line and, you know, we're talking to the family. And, and we are, when we go to each other's family's wake, we just stay in case they need us or, you know, talk to other people. You know, just we're just there in case they need us. So, I don't know, we're like half an hour in and my buddy's like, this might be a good time for some fireballs. So I pulled out a fireball. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he said that. Just, this might be yeah, a good yeah, time. Be, well, that might have been my phrase. <laughs> So then about two hours in, it was like, all right, it's time to go out to the truck. So there was a couple of us, and then we tried to round up a few other people that they they, they didn't really want to partake. So we went out in the parking lot. And what party poopers? Well, they don't drink, so. Oh. Yeah. Huh. There's probably, yeah, <laughs> reasons for that. So, so they didn't just want to come out and hang out in a yeah. truck with a bunch of liquor and beer. So we go out to the truck, and uh, the spot next to us was open. So we're just like hanging out, having a beer, you know. Tailgate chairs? No chairs, but we did, you know, we did a toast for Mrs. Hogan. So, uh, you know, and she would have loved it. She would have thought it was the funniest thing ever. And uh, so there's this guy. We can see this guy like turning into this parking lot. It's a small parking lot, maybe 20 cars. And so the guy kind of looks at us, and we're like, should we get out of the way? Like, you know, what should we do? And just as we're thinking this, a car pulls out from the next uh, the next row. So the guy just pulls into there. And as he's walking by, he looks at us and goes, huh, tailgating, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you yeah. and I um, have a mutual friend, and we went to their wedding, but it was a very southern, <laughs> yeah. very... Might have been a Baptist wedding. Yeah, it might have been Baptist. And we knew in advance that it was a dry going event, to be yeah. a dry event. But I did not feel as though that meant it had to be a dry event for us. Right. Yeah. So we might have had. We tailgated the wedding. We tailgated both at the church and then before the reception. Yeah. And I don't remember a lot about it. I mean, lovely ceremony, wonderful people, all of that. But I I remember thinking that that was the highlight by and large. Yeah. And I remember you specifically, this is a long time ago now, thinking we shouldn't park, like, too close to the church. But if we parked, you know, just a a, a very... I think we were on the fringe. (laughs) To give us a little more privacy. Yeah. Yeah. 
I would have been like you trying to grab people for the truck, though. I'm like, hey, would you like a car? Well, no, it wasn't like that. I mean, we, we, we were selective. We were selective. We were selective. But the other funny thing is, for all our weddings, we were all each other's um, uh, groomsmen. And, of course, there was a bottle of something at every one of them. So it's kind of a theme with us, I guess. Are you a tailgating guy? Like, if you're going to go to a game. Yeah. And not not work a game, like, right? Like I guess you work all the Panthers games. Yeah, so that's it's hard a bad for example. me. To, it is, I'm a bad example because I do enjoy tailgating when I have the opportunity because I never do it. Okay, so let, let's say John goes to a school that has football, and your son is 13. 13. So we're talking five, six years from now. Yeah. And, and it could be a big school or it could be a smaller school, but it's it's a school that has yeah. football yeah. of some sort. Yeah. Are you the parent that like? gets after it beforehand or like well I'm calling I'm calling my buddy getting his truck and we're bringing fireball right so like one of my favorite college stories is I lived with uh, two other friends my junior and senior year at Syracuse off campus And, and these two guys are two of my best friends in the world and my friend Chris who lives in Baltimore is a big Irish Catholic family And I mean big in every way, shape, or form. A million people and big people, and they get after it. They have a good time. I remember I went to Thanksgiving at his house. must have been after sophomore year or during sophomore year at college. And I I had heard about, like, how many people would be there and what it would be like. And, I mean, you're the guest, so you're going to play whatever role they want you to play. So they had a keg set up in the basement, and they're like, Hey, could you go down and fill up these pitchers? <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah. So this turns into like, go down, get a couple pitchers, you know, 20 minutes later, do it again, 20 minutes later, do it again, 20 minutes later, do it again. Did you get any tips? And, well, I don't think so. I think the tip was I got to drink as much as I wanted. And I was told in advance, don't sit next to Chris's father because <laughs> every time he fills up his yeah. glass, he's going to fill up your glass and oh, then you're going to be passed out way, way too yeah. early. So at some point, not that late, I'm like, oh no, because the keg is kicked. Uh-oh. And I'm like, "There's these people are not ready to stop yeah. drinking. This is an enormous problem. So I come upstairs and I'm like, um, guys, uh, <laughs> I don't really know how to tell you this, but the keg is kicked. And the uncle goes... Oh, do you want to tap the other one or should, <laughs> should, That's should awesome. we? I'm like, oh, I got it. Thanksgiving is a two keg yeah, situation yeah, yeah. in this household. So my buddy, um, he, his family, his his dad, his mom, his uncle, sometimes other random members of the family, we see the peach now yeah, out the in there. Yeah, you can take a picture? Yeah, I'm not. In the uh, distance, uh, his family would come up to Syracuse two, three, four times a year and often surrounding a game because they'd go to a a basketball game or a football game. So one Saturday, and I am pretty sure this is the first 
whatever college football game I am broadcasting. Okay. So I'm like, I've taken it easy the night before. I'm like yeah. up early. I'm in my suit. I'm like ready to go to the dome hours before the game. I think it's like a noon or a one o'clock yeah. kickoff. So this is Dave, probably, you want a beer? Yeah. <laughs> well, so it's like eight in the morning and I, I think I'm getting picked up or I'm meeting someone somewhere and uh, there's a knock on the door. This is this is Saturday morning on a college campus. Yeah. Everyone's been out late the night before. Yeah. What is going on? So I open the door and it's Chris's parents. I'm like, Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. Brown, well, what's, what's going up? On? And they're like, Well, the game's at noon, right? <laughs> yeah, and they're like, Well, we have to start drinking. Yeah, of course. And I'm like, Come on in. I mean, the house is in disrepair that every college kid's course, house yeah. always looks like. And so they come in, they're like, is Chris up? Like, it's 8 in the morning. He was probably up until 3 a.m. Um, I I don't know. His, his doors closed. It doesn't appear to me yeah, that he's up. Right. But I, I mean, I, I can't vouch yeah. for it. And they're like, uh. Okay, we, well, we got to get him up. We got to start drinking. Yeah, we're gonna like, start the there's, there's a game. Yeah. So um, they they open the door and they drag their son up and they're like, they, the game starts in like four hours. Like we yeah. gotta we gotta start yeah. getting after it. So at this point, I leave to go cover the game. The game. Yeah. But my other roommate Pete at some point wakes up and begins watching over this situation. So they have dragged Chris up. He is almost surely hung over yeah. from the night before. And immediately they have to start playing beer pong. <laughs> this is 8, 8.30 in the but morning. Chris is not surprised by this. Chris is not surprised by this. And yeah. Chris is an excellent beer pong player. Now, his father is also <laughs> an excellent beer pong player. So this is Pete's telling the story. They play a game and Chris wins. So then, you know, the loser has to stop playing and whoever's left. Yeah. So then Chris's mom steps up. Chris's mom loses yeah. to Chris. So then Chris plays his father again and Chris's father wins. And Chris's father is a big man with a large presence and in a deadpan with no sarcasm looks at his son and goes, what are you going to do now, Chris? Beat your mother again? <laughs> So one of my favorite tailgate stories, one of my buddies uh, supports uh, South Carolina, went to South Carolina, Gamecocks. And uh, so we went with him and his wife and some of their friends. And it was a noon game. It was on, um, it was the game day game. So the game day crew was there. Who so were they playing? I want to say it was Tennessee. Okay. This is back in the day. Yeah, this is like 2000s, early 2000s. Spurrier, maybe. And... Uh, so we, you know, we get there at like seven thirty. A. Yeah. We, I mean, we leave Seven? Charlotte at like six in the morning. Yeah. Okay. And then we go to this place to pick up the chicken trays, which were fantastic. Uh, so yeah, I think I cracked the first beer about seven fifteen, seven thirty. Oh. Like whenever we got there, right? So all right, that's good. I know I haven't told this. Oh, okay, keep going. Let me finish. Yeah, yes, let me please finish. do. Yeah. We'll, we'll circle back to what you're saying. <laughs> so we're getting ready to go into the game, and uh, you know, Tom's got these cargo pants. And uh, 
it, like he has like a box of like mini bottles. So he's like, you know, anybody that had any kind of like pocket, he's like giving mini bottles to, right? Uh, and then he's talking about his one friend. I forget the guy's name, but he's like, yeah, this he like he could have one mini bottle in his pocket. And he's the one that they stop. I, everybody else they let through. So I'm like, come on, that's funny, but that's not true, right? So literally, Tom has, has like cargo pants, and so he's got like probably like 20 mini bottles, right? And I'm I got I know, four or five on me, right? So we're we're going through, and you can literally hear him going clink 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 clink. The guy behind us has like one each in his pocket. Like, <laughs> he gets stopped. <laughs> I was like, well, you guys know that you, you know the drill here. I don't know what it is. Maybe the less you have, the more you get stopped. I don't know. How are we doing on time? I think we're doing all right on time. Up here at the next exit, there's Oh, yeah, we got the farm. Apple place. Yeah. I would, I would like We've to done pay. this before. <laughs> and it was in my mind. I was like, are we going to stop at the Apple place again? I mean, I bought five pounds of apples at Trader Joe's on uh, Yeah, but it's Saturday. not like going... Isn't this like the Abbott? Is this yeah, Abbott? Or, I don't know. It's... Uh, is Abbott the one we stopped in Hendersonville? No, that's Maccabee. Maccabee. Maybe this one's Abbott's. I think one one is Abbott's. Yeah. We need apples. We need apples. I, I think, think we're done. That's probably a good note to end on. Yeah. Send us an email, beardedcarcast at outlook.com. Follow along on Twitter at beardedcarcast, and we will talk to you next week.